Was that a fart? No. Oh, I don't know what that was. <laughs> it was it. it was a fart. <laughs> this time around, we're joined by Scott and Andrew from Frig Dancer via phone, all the way from the isolation at Frig Dancer Fortress. We'll talk a bit about their music and being in isolation, with a few good memories thrown in for good measure. Of course, they'll let us hear a few sweet tunes as well. So sit back, sip your poison, and enjoy the ride. I'm Kalen Capson, and this is the Peg and Place Podcast. to the Pagan Place. Pretty wild times right now. It's like, it's it's crazy. It is kind of crazy, but with any luck, you know, just everybody kind of taking it mostly seriously, it'll blow over and not take us by storm like other places, hopefully. Exactly. And yeah, and that's the thing, right? I mean, we're all young and healthy and I'm sure, you know, like, yeah, if, if we ended up getting it, we'd probably be fine, right? But it's, if, you know, if everybody gets it all at once, you know, there's that percentage that are going to, you know, need to go to the hospital or are going to need intensive care and that'll just crash our systems. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not a matter of that no one's going to get it and like stopping people from getting it. It's a matter of like, let's try to slow this down so we can get back a to bit. a normal life. So uh, you guys are working on a new album or you're, have you written most of it already? Or are you just kind of getting rolling? Um, on it we hit, so uh, we put out a full length last year. And but writing's kind of a constant thing that happens, so it's not like we really go in bursts of like, okay, let's work on an album or you know, writing wise. So we got that finished and just kind of kept on going. We have seven new songs that uh, the original plan was to be for a split and for a single, but we're not a hundred percent on what we're going to do with them. Like, it's there's going to be a split album for sure and possibly a single or they might just all go on the split it's kind of up in the air but we have seven new songs that are like 95 percent finished like tracking and everything yeah oh, sweet. Our, yeah our biggest issue i recorded drum tracks for these in december of 2018 so like we've <laughs> we've had like pretty except for the single that was kind of a spur of the moment kind of thing but uh you know and then basically we're like yeah so we got to make a plan we got to start writing lyrics like now like we both hate writing lyrics because we both have a hard time figuring out what to write stuff about. So we're like, let's pick away at it little by little. And then like, it was a year later and we hadn't written lyrics to anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of why we're just like, we just finished up vocals like what, like a month ago. Yeah. Something like that. We wrote six songs really fast that were supposed to be for a split with deep fryer from Fredericton. Oh, nice. And then they didn't write any songs for it. <laughs> <laughs> So we wrote six songs in two weeks, recorded them, and then they didn't do anything. So then the split just like fell apart and then they had members move away and it was just like kind of chaos. So we just had to reorganize. That's why it's taken so long. I forgot for a while there we were going to still name it Split with Deep Fryer, no matter who the split was with. That's a... That would have been awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Pretty, you said it's taken a long time, but it's actually been a pretty short time frame since since your last album really all things yeah, considered and those songs yeah, are sure. kind of old as fuck too but they cut out. oh yeah, yeah. it kind of seems like a long time to us but i can see from someone else's perspective not seeing you know oh the dr- like no one would know that the drums were done back then yeah. they'll just see this come out and be like oh they just put out a full length and now there's new songs already yeah but to us it's like oh yeah we've been sitting on this for a bit yeah like those drums were <laughs> Five months before the full length even came out. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can work fast when we want to, and we can also procrastinate with the best. <laughs> and, that's, yeah. and that's like how it works too. Like even with our other band Anthesis, like it's same kind of thing. Like we'll record yeah. something, we won't write lyrics to it. It'll just sit there, and then you know, two years later, we're we're actually like putting vocals over. Yeah. It. Like it's we're fucking stupid. It's always the vocal. <laughs> always <laughs> vocal. If we're an instrumental band, we could put out a oh, man. <laughs> 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 oh, 
we should do that. Yeah. And I find, like, I think we especially find the lyrics for Frig Dancer, like, difficult because it's, it's one of those things, like, you know, it's not a joke band, you know, like, and naming your band Frig Dancer isn't the best way to communicate that to people, you know? So it's, <laughs> so it's kind of a mix of, like, we want it to be lighthearted and fun, but, you know, we also want people to know that we're serious about it, you know? So it's, it's kind of like running that line between like, yeah, having some fun kind of jokey lyrics, but also like having some more serious things too that, you know, people can kind of relate to a little bit, which is a different mindset because with Anthesis, like who cares? We're just, it, it's just yelling and no one knows what the hell you're saying anyway. So mm. it literally doesn't matter. I, uh, yeah, I was kind of curious, like when I first heard you guys, I think the first song I heard was, is it Dirtbag Cat or? Yeah. 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 Uh, so I was like, I thought maybe you were going to be kind of not a joke band, but kind of like, uh, you know, kind of on the level with B.A. Johnson sort of jokiness. Yeah. And then, uh, hey man, like I'm not the biggest, BA, sorry not to cut you off, but I'm not the biggest B.A. Johnson fan, but he, what he does, he does it really well. Like he really, yeah. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like he's jokey and goofy, but people like are really into him, you know? And I've, so. uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely fallen in love with him over the past year or so in particular. I've tried. I've tried. <laughs> It uh, I, just kind of grows on you, you know? Yeah. But I kind of thought you might have been going in that vein until I actually got my hands on the full album and started listening to it. And I was like, oh, shit, a lot of these songs are not goofy, like the lyrics. Yeah. And, and you're, like the music is fantastic, but the lyrics okay. in some of the songs are just dead serious when you really listen to them. <laughs> some of them <laughs> some of them are deceiving, too. Yeah. Because yeah. we've been like, like um, our buddy Cameron that uh, – so the album was put out on Ancient Temple Recordings and Hibernation release. And Hibernation release is out of Philadelphia, and it's a buddy of ours, Cameron, that runs it. And I get this text from him one day, and he's like, dude, what's that song 48 about? Like, <laughs> is is everything okay? Like, like, do you need to, do you want to talk about something? Or like, are yeah. you cool? Because it comes across like really serious. Yeah. And it's super dumb. Yeah, it's... This guy can tell you the story of what those are about. Yeah, so 48 was uh, the number of my bus in elementary school. Okay. We did red vinyl, so we did fire truck red, and we did yellow vinyl, which was number 48 yellow, because it was my school bus. And I was, uh, I mean, I was a little bitch as a kid. Like, I was just, like, I was a mama's boy, like, just, oh, man, just terrified of everything, just one of those anxiety-ridden children. You have a sweet snowsuit? Yeah, I did have a snowsuit. (laughs) So I was always scared of missing the bus because I was always like, well, what happens if then like my parents just like never come and then I'm just here forever. Like what, what happens? Right. Yeah. And uh, so I missed the bus, which was like one of my biggest fears. And like, I, me- I remember being in my snowsuit and I was like in grade two being in my snowsuit and like dropping to my knees and just like hollering out like to the sky. It's like, no. <laughs> so that's like literally what that's, that's literally what that song is about. But it comes across as like, real serious and that's kind of like sometimes when i write the lyrics like i kind of think of usually it's some something stupid but i'm like but how can i write it so it kind of almost seems serious yeah well you did a good job that's for sure that's a example of that almost like to the point where that song's a little much like <laughs> don't really play that song live because it's just kind of like uh, it's a like it was kind of like oh this is like our emo song and it was funny and then we recorded it and i was like Fuck, that's it's a little much. I almost <laughs> didn't want to put it on the album. Yeah, I'm glad we did. At first, song, I was like, so like I don't know, man, like because it doesn't really fit. But yeah. like, I don't know, who cares? <laughs> so yeah, that's what number forty-eight's about. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and then there's songs like you mentioned, "Dirtbag Cat," yeah. that are literally about his dirtbag cat, <laughs> and all the things in the song are true. Yeah, <laughs> like he's my wife and I. Uh, we <laughs> we got this uh, little kitty from the pound there like i don't know it was like about two years ago now i shouldn't say kitty he's like a he was four to six years old we got him and i don't know i forget where they said they found him but i swear to god it was out of a dumpster because he just like we had ribs one time from rib fest and she went to drive me and a friend of mine to Dooley's, <laughs> just down the street where our friend's band was playing mm-hmm. actually her collective i think you've had them on and uh we went to go to that show and she came back and within 10 minutes he had had all the styrofoam um containers opened just all the rib bones licked clean rib bones all over our fucking living room <laughs> and chicken carcasses out of the garbage uh last week um like my wife and i were both sick with like a stomach bug and um i was over but she was just in the middle of it so i was coming to jam i made her some soup and 
while I was out jamming and she was on the couch, he had literally drank half a pot of the soup. Like, I came back and it was bone dry. I was like, did you, did you eat? Oh, I was like, your appetite must be getting better. You ate all the soup? She's like, no, it was a fucking cat. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, he's, he's something. Japan cat, where did you even come from? Did the grim winter make your brain really dumb? Yeah, you spent these anonymous years in a dump. What's your uh, usual process of recording a song, like, uh, or writing a song? We'll say, um, or do every, you have one, or is it just sort of whatever clicks each time? We have a general process, I think. I typically will come up with one or two guitar riffs, and um, with the ease of digital recording now, I'll just record like a rough demo of some stuff, and then just send it to him to work on drums to, you know, throw ideas back and forth. Yeah. So that's typically how it starts. And um, then, like, we we jam in my basement, which is also where we record. Yeah. So everything is just super easy. And I, I feel like we always forget how easy it is for us until we talk to someone else who's, like, booking recording time and, you know, doesn't have their own recording setup. Yeah. Mm. We literally, like, we could write a song tonight at band practice hook up mics and record, you know, a rough demo of it. That'll sound good. So that's kind of the process. Like we'll throw a couple ideas back and forth, work it out and practice. And then we pretty much demo everything. So I found that over the years, that's the biggest help for me is uh, record a demo. And when you, you can listen to it back without playing it and just be able to listen to it and analyze it that way. I find that's kind of the most helpful thing for me. Then you can work on, you know, vocal patterns or whatever else. Yeah, usually vocals are like an afterthought. And that was kind of too, like initially writing these songs too. Like actually, because with like Anthesis, I don't know like if anyone listening is familiar with that band, but it's it's just fucking chaos. And like sometimes like there's the riffs don't repeat and you're jumping all over the place and. Like, you know, you just kind of fit, you know, vocals are just more of like a percussive, like, um, aggressive thing you just kind of throw in as an afterthought almost sometimes. Yeah. And with these songs, right, like, you're writing these parts and we're like, oh, yeah, we should, you know, we should leave a space for like a verse and a chorus. But when you're practicing it or writing it and you haven't thought of what that melody is going to be or what that those words are going to be and you're just playing the same thing. And then you play the same thing again. It's almost like, this is fucking boring, man. Like, yeah. Who's going to listen to this? And I find with this band, especially once we figure out the vocal patterns, even if it's like a year and a half later, you record the vocal demos. It's like, okay, yeah, this song rules. Yeah. Like I was getting bored of this, but this really ties it together. Yeah. It's you have, you have to kind of visualize it ahead of time, yeah. which I'm pretty good at. Like, I found that even even if I'm just playing guitar, like I can visualize kind of even what the drums will do yeah. or what the vocals will do. So kind of being able to visualize stuff before it happens, I find helps a lot in the writing process. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he's definitely better at that than I am. And I can see what you mean by practicing without a vocal pattern already in there. He might get yeah, a little, exactly. 
bored of yeah. it, and then it would we pull played, it together. Yeah, it's like, oh, we played this riff like eight times, and it's like, oh, like it gets boring, right? But yeah. then it's like, oh, yeah, but there's going to be, you know, a melody over top of it, which, you know, the majority of people, the first thing they think about are the vocals and the melody and the lyric, you know, not the guitar riff. They're mm. not thinking about that riff eight times. Yeah. Do you find that uh, being in another band and or recording your last album changed anything with how you go about recording or writing songs, or are you just pretty much chugging away at the same sort of pace as before? I don't know if it's really, it, it to me at least it seems always seems like two different worlds. Like it, it like there's anthesis mode and frig dancer mode. Like I don't know. What, I'm sure they have. You know, one probably has influenced the other, but completely different. Yeah. Yeah. From a writing perspective where I do the majority of the writing for both. I find that um, just my mindset, like if I work on one, on music for one band, it'll kind of help me work with the other band at that time, like when I want to do that, mm. because I can really focus on that like style. Or like one thing that I found really helped was uh, I have a solo project that I call Clouds Become Oceans, and I put out an album like a couple years ago now. But when I worked on that, I got out all of these ideas that weren't suitable for other bands I was playing in. So instead of like, you know, working on Frig Dancer or Anthesis tunes and being like, oh, maybe we could try this or whatever. Like I got all those ideas that could kind of throw the that band off. I got them out. I had another outlet for those ideas. Mm. So then when I'd go back to write for Frig Dancer, it'd be like, all right, some, you know, power chord punk rock that's catchy instead of being like oh maybe we could like mess around with this weird <laughs> ambient thing that doesn't make sense like <laughs> so i find from a writing perspective it really helps me focus yeah. on each thing individually so it's more focused instead of kind of being all over the place yeah what sort of gave birth to frig dancer was it uh, just the need for a, some different sound that was in your head you wanted to get out or literally our bass player is a for Anthesis is a super busy dude. I mean, he's got, he has two kids now and he was, you know, he's going back to school and, you know, he just got a few jobs. And anyway, it was just, he was moving away and we weren't seeing him as much. We weren't jamming as much. And we just said, let's start, you know, some like kind of fun band where we could just kind of write some like quick, happy songs and we can just kind of get up, get something up and running that we can do. On. Um, because, you know, we're never going to stop playing the Anthesis stuff. And, you know, if we have to slow down for a while, we got to slow down, but, Let's let's do something else that just two of us can do, and then we just kind of that frig dance came out. Really. Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. That was one hundred percent the mindset. It was kind of like we jam probably twice a week, and he could jam maybe twice a month. So instead of just rehashing the same thing over every band practice, it was like, why don't we just like something else, just the two of us, just to fill this gap? Yeah, because he's got way more important things <laughs> in life to worry about, and <laughs> still all we have is this horse shit. So. <laughs> yeah it's your yeah. baby it's allowed yeah exactly yeah exactly yeah <laughs> well yeah that's literally the the entire story <laughs> sweet other than playing in the other band where did you guys fall in line together that's exactly how we met um so anthesis demos the first demos i did for that band were 2004 oh wow seems insane now so it was literally just me on my own. I was in college, so I'd just record, like, rough things. I'm just thinking of how slow those fucking demos were. Oh, too. yeah, yeah. Like, everything's sped up. So I literally did demos on my own, and then uh, my friend Scott Lilly came over, and he was like, oh, I'll play bass on these. So then there was the two of us, and then we could not find a drummer to play for these songs. So now we're into, like, 2005. And uh, we're like, can't find a drummer, can't find a drummer. And then he literally says, like, I jammed with this guy like three years ago. Uh, I can, you know, find his contact from someone and see if he wants to play. And then I, I get this ad on my MSN Messenger, because that's how old it was. <laughs> and uh, literally this, like, this, you know, like I jam with him like once, which is a funny story, because it was like on a good friend of mine's deck. And I didn't, I didn't listen to, I was, oh, fuck. So let's, let's go there first. So, <laughs> so at that point, like I was a pretty big new metal kid. And like when I was in grade 10, I was listening to a lot of like Pantera and Fear Factory and Slayer and stuff like that. And, and 
I hadn't really heard, like, I knew Cannibal Corpse, but that was probably about the only death metal I really knew. And, um, you know, I played drums, wanted to play in a band, and uh, couldn't really find anyone that really wanted to play heavy music. And my buddy Dave was like, man, I, I know this, I know these two guys that they're really into, like, heavy stuff, and, you know, like, we should jam at my place. And I was like, sure. So my dad, like, drives me over to Dave's place, and his parents are away for the weekend, but he still doesn't want us to set up in their house because he doesn't want his parents to know that he had people over because he was, like... <laughs> very strictly told no one to be in the house and David was years older like he would have been like 18 I would have been like 16 15 or 16 and so I set up my drums on their fucking deck and then <laughs> Lily and our other <laughs> old buddy Gord comes in and my dad must have been like what the fuck am I dropping this kid off to because <laughs> Lily at the time like had like blue hair a bunch of facial piercings and stuff Gord had was shaved completely bald no facial hair or anything. Super pale. It's, wearing a leash. It's yeah, wearing a leash. It's summer. He has all black, Randy River black pants that are like four feet fucking wide, and contacts that make him look like he has no pupils or irises, and he's got a giant fucking septum piercing that he stretched out. Okay, like, my dad like just left. He was like, okay, whatever. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> So Gord and Lily were super into death metal and stuff. And that's, a, you know, they were talking about like Deicide and Cryptopsy and stuff like that. And I never really heard a lot of those bands, but we were, you know, like Gord would just kind of throw a riff out and I would, you know, kind of, I didn't really know what Blast Beats were at the time, but I would jam along with it. And like, <laughs> you know, he had like a nice, like BC Rich guitar and like a half decent amp. And like Lily was just yelling out of this little Marshall and my buddy Dave. That had... wasn't even a Marshall. Oh yeah, that's right. He's great painted Marshall. So basically, it's just me, some weird guy I've never met in my life, and some other weird guy I've never met in my life screaming <laughs> through a fucking shitty, not even real Marshall amp in the middle of like suburbia, like K- on a deck. KV on a deck. My buddy Dave's just sitting there, and he has like a little shitty slammer flying V that was probably 150 bucks with this little like 10 watt amp and a shitty fuzz pedal. So the three of us are kind of jamming, and we're just playing fucking weird death metal shit. And Dave just goes, Hey guys, can we, uh, we should like jam on this. And then he starts playing Southtown by BMT really bad. And anyway, I never really jammed with them again. And then back to the MSN Messenger thing. Um, I get the <laughs> so, yeah, we'll circle back. <laughs> I get this ad on my MSN Messenger that th- the screen name was literally, "Hey, does anyone know some kid that I think was named Andrew that plays drums? I'm looking to get in touch with him." <laughs> so I don't know, somebody gave him my contact, but that's how he got a hold of me. <laughs> that's yeah, cool. January, yeah, January 2006 is when we all started jamming, and we used to go on the same bus. Yeah, I remembered you because you had a Cold Chamber shirt on. I oh, was, yeah. And I thought it was fucking awesome. Dude, I ever... Well, shit. That's a story. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Story. Yeah. Sorry. You can, you can edit all that out. Can... <laughs> oh, no. That's got to stay in. That's cool. It can literally be like, how did you guys meet? So, like, January 20th, 2006. That's yeah. when we started. <laughs> so, the first time that the two of us actually met, I just showed up at his house like, hey, I'm Scott. Hey, I'm Andrew. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's, here's my garage. Let's learn yeah. these songs. And that's how Anthesis started. And we've been playing music since. Yeah. And he thought, I thought they were going to kick me out initially. And they thought I was going to quit because the whole time signature thing, I was very much for, for, didn't really understand what other time signatures was, were. So I was having a hard time initially getting used to them. And they saw me getting frustrated with it and thought, ah, he's just going to fucking quit. And I was thinking, ah, they're just gonna don't want to, they're just gonna not want to jam with me anymore because this is fucking horse shit. Yeah, because this doesn't sound like In Flames. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I was ruined In Flames in 2006. Well, they didn't get rid of you. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> been trying to get rid of them for 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> you just haven't figured out how to word it yet. It's taking you this yeah. long. So I'm oh no, they've told I'm moving to a different yeah. continent. So <laughs> yeah. they've to told me tons of times that they just can't find the other drummer. Just keeps showing up. <laughs> just can't take the hint. Yeah, he's a little slow. He's that's all I got, man. That's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> the songs that you have so far, are they kind of in the same vein as the last album, or have there been any uh, tweaks or changes to the direction they're going in? You know what? They're actually not even purposely but they ended up way more different than I expected them yeah. to. Oh, yeah? So we wrote we wrote a batch of six songs 
at, within like two weeks, I think we wrote them. And then we, like I said, we always demo everything. So we did these demos of them and it was like, whoa, this is like, it's still, it's still us, but it's very different at the same time. And, uh, it was completely unintentional, but I think it's just where we said, all right, let's write some tunes. And it's kind of what came out. Like there wasn't a ton of thought process behind it. Mm-hmm. And I think like if you listen to the songs, like from your perspective, you'd be like, oh, yeah, this still sounds like them. But if you really analyze them, it's it's like quite different. It's a little like less, less punk. Yeah, for sure. A little punk. like more... I don't even know. Like, like I want to say indie, but it's not even like my first thought was like these are these songs are way more indie. But once I heard them back, I'm like they're not really even indie at all. It's I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to explain. But it's there's still like some rippers and like some fast, fun, catchy stuff. But there's some other things that are I'm interested to hear what people are going to think of them. Mm. Yeah, I'm curious. I can't. I can't swing. I can't swing to company. I'm not sure I can overcome this anxiety And I can't, I can't say, I can't say in front of me My heart skips a beat, tunnel vision's taking over me I can't wait to call party I wish they'd all just eat and leave I can't breathe and I can't say Welcome back to the Pagan Place. Here, let me chop up that poison for you. No, no, you keep the tip. All we need is a little like and share. That'll do just fine. There you go. Have a good day. Do you kind of have a, a vision of where you want the sound to go? or? I mean, I think my, my kind of, uh, I don't know what a good analogy is, but... I've always said, like, for the last couple of years, like, I think what I envision us sounding like in a perfect world is, like, a 50-50 mix between off and equals a death metal. Yeah, like that, like, like, ripping, like, ferocity, if that's the word, of, like, off and, like, the catchiness and, like, danceability of the uh, eagles. But, uh, you know, we don't still don't really sound anything like that. And I think that's great, you know, because I don't, you know, although that's kind of like what I have in my mind, I don't... Uh, you know, I think we'd probably make shitty music if we just tried to exactly replicate that, right? Because it wouldn't be us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it'd probably be a little disingenuous, maybe. Yeah, exactly. I think intentions are good to a certain point. Exactly, exactly. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Those are just... I just love the danceability and just like the grooviness of, of Eagles. I think yeah. that's... And we've got a couple things like that. Yeah. That touch it, anyway. Yeah. They're so drum-driven. I think that's what I yeah. love about them. That's why I love Queens of the Sky, too. Like, it's you can tell it's very, like... It's very driven by drum and groove. And... Yeah, I kind of felt that way about um, Foo Fighters one by one. Like after Dave Grohl toured with Queens of the Stonies for a while, it totally yeah. shifted the gears of, at least for that album, of the sound. Yep. It just became this drum-driven machine that all of a sudden yep. it was this balls-to-the-wall rock again. And like we've talked about this a bunch too and even talked about kind of putting this a little more into our writing in the future of like, you know, and I'm not like putting down playing with feeling or playing with soul because that's very important, you know, like having a feel. But, you know, when you're listening to a band like Queen's Family Age or Eagles or like, you know, going back to like Misfits, like the drums are fucking robotic, man. There's almost like no feel to it, right? But you do that over and over and over again, and it's got this like crazy awesome groove to it, right? And it's just got this like really like unique feel to it. 
so that's uh we've kind of thought about maybe playing around with some some stuff like that in the future more fuzz yeah more yeah more fuzz less dynamics (laughs) (laughs) more robotic fuzz sounds (laughs) yeah but yeah i mean you know yin and yang right there's there's great things about everything like obviously there's great things about playing with a lot of feel and uh there's great things that that come out of just playing something just straight yeah. as fuck too, right? Just pound that metronome. Yeah, exactly. So you, you can you can have it all. I think you can. What? You're right. You're not wrong. What I'm trying to say. We have to keep remembering that no one cares. Exactly. Do whatever you want. Yeah. Like we're like literally maybe like 50 people are going to listen to this EP anyway, so who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe 70. <laughs> Speaking of shitty bands, uh, what's on your playlist right now? <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> we got that said on the podcast one time. Yeah, he says no answer. Yeah, yeah. They're like, so what? Uh, uh, what bands do you, like? What local bands do you really not like? Yeah, uh, we're not gonna talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> so loaded. <laughs> like in a small scene, like no, no, next. <laughs> Anything at the top of your playlist right now, or? Let me um, see. I'm gonna look it up right now. Oh, I was listening to Snakes for the Divine the other day. I listened to the new Pears album quite a bunch. That's a that's really bit. good. I haven't heard that yet. It just yeah. came out last week, something like last that. week or last couple weeks anyway. Oh, I was listening to Liquid Swords the other day. Nice. It's one of my favorites. New Big Business, Whores Clean. That's probably one of my favorite albums. I don't, I don't know if it's because it's springtime and I started listening to that band in the spring, but I've been listening to a lot of July Talk the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah, man, like they those two albums are solid. They're a really good band. Yeah, I, yeah, I really I last exhumed album. That's oh, a little yeah, different so than July Talk. I've been listening to Electric Wizard quite a bit recently. Oh really? Yeah, <laughs> it's been a little while. I went on like a three month just bender of just Electric Wizard like a year ago, and I was just oh, at work and everything. I was just pulling up as much electric wizard as it could and nice yeah i think like electric wizard and it's funny because like like the last couple weeks i've been like hitting electric wizard but then i'll offset it with like some really fast grind like <laughs> like six brew bantha or something yeah. it's just like relentlessly fast <laughs> and just overwhelming <laughs> just to keep myself awake during <laughs> Yeah, it's been a while since I listened to Electric Wizard. The big ones I was into were like Come On Fanatics and like Dope Throne. I really like Witch the, Cult Today. Witch maybe? Cult Today yeah. is awesome. I think those are the, the only three I really ever got into. We, I like We Live quite a bit. What have you had on your playlist? Like, B.A. Johnson has <laughs> been on there oh, a lot. Hopefully, we'll get to go see him in April. But you actually, are. I think it might already be canceled. Now that I think about it. Probably is, yeah. I heard he puts on a great show. I've actually never seen him. I've seen him once, and I didn't really dig him as much at the time. But live, it was just ridiculous. I don't know if you've ever seen Rich Coin or anything, but the yeah, same same kind of experience. Like, he just puts so much energy into the crowd, and he gets it all back. Yeah, yeah. No, I can really respect And that's what I, I do, like, I do, like, kind of really respect what he does, because I think he's a great entertainer from what I've heard and what I've, like, seen online and stuff. Like, he really gives the people what they want. Oh, he definitely does. He really gives yeah. it. Rich Coin's a good example of that, because, like, I'm not, like, into his music at all, but I saw him live, and I was just like, this is wild like he had a huge parachute in the crowd <laughs> and like that's wild. oh it was yeah it was like this like this is a show right here like yes yeah. this, this is awesome oh yeah i couldn't even tell you what he sounds like but yeah i don't even know what he it's, been, like. it's been a long time too but yeah that's a good example of that for sure yeah that is really good yeah he's a performer that's for sure yeah i can, I can respect that we're not really much of performers we pretty much just play our shit and get off the stage really yeah, that's kind of the mindset of what we do, though. Yeah, yeah, it's a different kind of performance, I think. Yeah, Not that yeah. I've seen you guys live. I don't know. Maybe you <laughs> jump maybe into the crowd. And... Yeah, maybe you guys are boring as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's people that can do that, and that's kind of their shtick, you know? Like, I definitely think his shtick is his high-energy live performance. Right. And I, and I think it's good when you make it your shtick. Yeah. Like, you know, because it, it, it's, it's, it's transparent. Like, you know what you're getting. The, like, there's nothing I hate worse than, like, seeing people playing, and it's like they're trying hard to be showman you know what i mean like i feel like someone like b.a johnson like that's it just is what he is and that's just part and parcel with his music right but when people start like like if if i'm watching a drummer and he starts doing stick tricks i'm immediately disinterested well yeah. imagine we we're playing a set and we we're trying to be like super interactive with the crowd yeah it'd be like what like yeah. this is so stupid like what yeah <laughs> exactly makes sense at all yeah exactly right because that's just not what our music's about right yeah when people get like really showy and like unless it's like part of their kind of thing yeah this sounds stupid i don't know if anyone even knows i'm like talking about bands that more just kind of like get up do their thing 
maybe say a couple stupid jokes and then get off the stage. Yeah. At the, the last couple shows that we've played, one funny thing that I've been asked was if we rehearsed <laughs> our banter between songs. Because like like just day to day, like if you knew us, we just rip on each other like <laughs> relentlessly. Like if, if you say or do something dumb, you're going to hear about it for a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. So like... <laughs> When we're like we're pretty easy going when we play live too. So like yeah. if someone screws up a song or like whatever happens or you know, like it's no big deal. We laugh about it. We've been playing together long enough that we can kind of get through any situation. Yeah. And there's but many. There'll be times where like between songs, I can't get my guitar in tune, it takes me forever and he's ripping on me. Because we both have mic we both do vocals, so we both have microphones. Yeah. So like he'll be ripping on me for, you know, not being able to tune my guitar or I'll rip on him for dropping drumsticks or, or like the whatever other, happens. Or like the like the last time we played Moncton, we were leaving you correct, you corrected Cat and she was like, Holy fuck, you always do that. Like pisses me right off. You just have to <laughs> And I was like, Yeah, he does the same fucking thing to me all the time. Fucking backseat driver and all this shit. And then like he corrected me on stage that night. And like before we shut the song, I was like See, this is exactly what your fucking wife was saying before we came here, because you you correct her relentlessly. And so it was to the point where, like, you know, the crowd laughs, even though we're like, it's just natural for us to rip on each other. But it's to the point where people are like, do you guys rehearse, like, your between song banter? Because that was hilarious. It was like, no, nah, man, I don't even remember what we said. Like, yeah, we just shred each other apart. And it's always just, like, spur of the moment, stream of consciousness, horseshit. I know. Sometimes I'm scared of what I'm always saying. Like, when we stop playing, or even in the middle of a sentence, I'm always like, this is fucking stupid. Why am I even talking? Let's just play. Nobody cares. Yeah. And then, like, after people are like, oh, man, that banner is fucking hilarious. <laughs> just everyday shit but <laughs> yeah i always think people don't enjoy it and that it's really bringing down the performance but it seems to be like the main thing people like yeah we should just not play a set and just rip on each other for 20 minutes <laughs> that could be your third album yeah exactly a half hour album of just just writing each other a <laughs> comedy album put fake crowd laughter and stuff in <laughs> an awful idea it is we should do it. Yeah. I think one thing that surprises people about us live, though, is that we're like we're louder than I think people yeah. think we're gonna be. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. I, I don't know if it's just from like playing metal for a long time where everything's you know kind of full force, but we just seem to be loud, even if it's not like you know a kind of heavy part of a song. Everything's we're just cranking it. Yeah. I can't see it ever changing because how could it? No, that's the thing. Like just. It's, it's loud music, so it should be played insanely loud. You have big amps. I hit hard. Yeah. Exactly. I have big cymbals. So all that's up. Yeah. We wear earplugs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's another thing. Being safe. Wear earplugs, people. Holy hell. Yeah. Like, you're going to be fucking deaf. Enjoy music for a long yeah. time. Wear earplugs. Man, that's one thing. That when people, like, brag about not wearing earplugs or, like, scoff if you offer them earplugs. Yeah. That That's one of my pet peeves. Like, fuck you, man. <laughs> like, whatever. I don't get that other. Yeah. yeah. We you, have, you're not uh, because you're not wearing earplugs. Yeah. My ears idiot. ran for three days. You enjoy music so much that you're not going to be able to enjoy it later. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And that's why I'm going to, Lily, if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I'm going to rip them. I remember him saying one time, like, I can't wear earplugs. So I just can't get into it. It's like, man. We had a decibel meter at a jam one time, and we had like 110 decibels yeah, running through. Yeah, like 118 decibels. You're saying you can't wear earplugs because you can't get into it? Like that's the it's it's like almost as loud as a fucking jet taking off, and it's not you can't get into it. Like really, I'm just not that into jets taking off. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I always try. I forget them a lot, and every time I forget my earplugs, I'm like, fuck, man. It is the worst. And then you're looking around, like, hoping the venue might have some for a buck or something. <laughs> you can't find any. Yeah, find a drugstore. We have a big tub of them we got at Walmart or Costco or something one time. Okay. Just to throw in the trunk for when we go to festivals and stuff like that. and okay. Or driving to a show or whatever. And still, we forget them in the trunk every fucking time. <laughs> yeah. Pisses me off. I'm, I'm real good for, like, going, you know, like, we're traveling somewhere to go see a show and I forget your plug. So now it's like cool, we're in a city that I don't really know and it's like 7 o'clock at night. I wonder if there's a drugstore around here like, so I can get earplugs at. Like, yeah. 
I'm really bad for that. I've definitely had to just like toilet ball or toilet paper yeah. and jam it in my ears. <laughs> See, I can't. I did that once as a kid, and it didn't turn out so well. So <laughs> I had to go to the doctor to get it pulled out. So <laughs> I've steered clear of that method. Yeah, yeah, that's for me. I remember my mom had to go to my neighbor's house one time as a kid because uh, one of their kids got like a tip of a Q-tip stuck in his ear. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, like Dale's a nurse, let's just go get her. I've never fished anything out of someone's fucking ear. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not an ear nurse, yeah. idiot. <laughs> ear nurse, <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck do you take me for? Oh man, ear nurse. That'd be... Fuck, I wish I was an ear nurse. You need to start a new band now called Ear, ear nurse. nurse. It's never too late. Yeah, uh, but how how good does cleaning your ears feel though? Oh, the best. Oh, oh, it is the best. So good. And how satisfying is it when you like get a good hunk of something out of there and it's like black? It's almost <laughs> concerning, but you're just like, oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was in me. It's best when you're like really hot, so your ears are kind of like sweaty in there. Oh, I've never done that. You can get the best, get the best haul that way. Good idea. <laughs> <laughs> and clean your ears. Yeah. You got a saw it upstairs. I know. Let's do it. <laughs> you told me that as if I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a sauna? <laughs> Uh, this is this is the kind of shit it's mainly like syntax and language like it's that's the main thing we rip on each other for that's true (laughs) that's the big thing yeah you said the right thing but you said it wrong yeah i still (laughs) exactly what you mean whatever you fucking idiot yeah like yeah (laughs) that's probably the main thing would you have for anyone in uh, self-isolation I guess is the term now you probably shouldn't take advice from us <laughs> what does Frig Dancer suggest doing I would say that there are people that are a lot smarter than than me uh, giving us advice and I say we should probably listen to them right now because stay the fuck home if you don't gotta go out don't go out Skype people you know Yeah. get it delivered 
Yeah, get it delivered. You know, like just follow what people are saying because there's a reason they're saying it. I'm going to get a beer delivery on Monday. Yeah. Just because I've never done that before and people are offering it now. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, I can just go get it myself, but yeah. I want them to bring it to me. Yeah, exactly. That rules. Yeah. That's a thing now? Yeah. Yeah. $50 or more, they'll deliver. Damn. That's one thing. Yeah. Great. So I'm just going to do it just because. In the valley. You know, bucket yeah. list. That's a bucket list. <laughs> I remember when we were kids, we used to do that with cabs. So they, they wouldn't ID yeah. you. Yeah. They would get so pissed off they weren't going to get paid for it. They would just be like, oh, fuck. Okay. Let's give me your money. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I don't know. Listen to some music. Learn a new skill. I'm going to, you know, I like to cook. You like to cook too. I think quarantine's great. Yeah, I'm just, I'm going to like make a, now I got time to make all the shit I've wanted to make and just having because it seems like too much effort. Well, whatever. It's not going to work tomorrow. May as well make a giant mess. I still have to work. That's a bummer. Yeah, that's true. But like, yeah, this quarantine thing's great. Yeah. Oh, one, one, people. one piece of advice. If you're working from home, and you're on a conference call with like 12 other people don't like don't wash dishes someone this morning i was on a conference call and one of my teammates was washing dishes and it sounded like someone was taking a bath and after a couple minutes literally someone was like who's taking a bath (laughs) (laughs) well i was just washing dishes i was like okay maybe don't like (laughs) so yeah those things go right like as soon as someone talks, it cuts someone else off. So someone will be in the middle of a sentence and then be cut off by like splashing. Like, <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ. They probably were taking a bath, just hiding it. Hiding yeah, exactly. Oh no, no, no! It's a, that's my dishes. <laughs> that's my. Yeah, I wasn't jerking off on the tub. <laughs> yeah, I was scrubbing the the pots. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I say it, it, it's it's a great time to have some you time, you know. Yeah. Do mm-hmm. learn a hobby, man. Yeah, and what drives me nuts. And I'm not the best cook in the world, but I definitely enjoy cooking and consider it a hobby. Like, the amount of people that don't know how to cook for themselves, man, like, that's a fucking basic skill. You should be able to make at least, like, a dozen things. Yeah. L- learn how to cook. That's important. And it's super fun. Yeah, eating's important. Yeah. And, like, if someone, like, if I meet someone and say they can't cook anything, I'm like, what, the, what are you doing with your life, man? Like, what kind of person are you? You can't get it together to make, like, a fucking pot of soup. There was a poster in my office uh, that I noticed for the first time yesterday, and it was uh, "Take time to cook." Yeah, that was that's it. That that's that was the whole poster. And I was like, I looked at my boss and I was like, "Where the fuck did this come from?" And and who's it? Who's it talking to? <laughs> yeah, Chef John, baby, that's food wishes on YouTube. He's got tons of shit. That's literally how I learned how to cook. Oh, yeah? Chef John? Chef John. He's my buddy. Two videos a week, Tuesdays and Fridays or Saturdays. Chef John, Tuesdays and Saturdays. Yeah, food wishes. I'll definitely check it out. I'll even drop a link for it. This guy hates it because he can't stand his voice, but I find his voice very calming. I can't even, I don't remember who this is. He's the guy, Chef John from foodwishes.com. Oh, yeah. I hate him already. (laughs) (laughs) He's got this very, like, sing-songy way of, I thought he was the guy that I think was like stoned all the time. Oh no, that's Buddy from Bon Appetit. Or oh yeah, that yeah. guy. That's who I was picturing. Yeah. My favorite cooking show is uh, what's that one where they make stuff and then it's really good by the end. As <laughs> 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 I replay what I said. <laughs> No, I only watched that, that I only, the top dumbest question yeah. I've ever asked. <laughs> I only watched the one that, where they make things that are awful at the end. That's those are my favorite cooking shows. Oh, oh, um, I think it's I think it's just how to, how to cook whatever. Yeah, that, yeah, that's the best cooking tutorial you'll ever have, or and lots of skills like how to put a baby to sleep. There was one uh, I went on a bit of a tear watching one night, and it's um, how to cook for one with a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most depressing cooking show of all time. It's is it serious or is it true? It's like a, it's from like a college cable state network or something from the states somewhere. Oh my god! Oh, it's that old. It's like an older guy. Yeah. Here's how you make nacho cheese dip. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> And you're laughing so hard when you're watching them, but at the same time, it's just like, this is so fucking depressing. Oh, my God. 
Reminds me of, uh, do you watch The Office at all? Yeah. Yeah, when Andy, when they're talking about like their New Year's resolutions, and Andy's like, I'm uh, just going to start learning how to cook meals for one. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Is there anything else uh, you guys wanted to uh, to throw out there or to mention or to to get across to anybody? I don't know. We'll have uh, we'll have a split album coming out this year. Um, once we get a few final details organized, it'll be actually like announced, and we can kind of say more about it. Other than that, I mean, all the shows are getting canceled, so there's not much to talk about there until things figure themselves out. But yeah, we're always always writing and recording, so we plan on just releasing stuff kind of nonstop. That's kind of the goal. Whether it's going to be like an EP or like a single here and there or like Antesis, we've just been doing like a bunch of covers as we can mm. uh, with our bass player living in another city. We just did, uh, if anyone's into Morbid Angel, we just put a Where the Slime Live cover out a few weeks ago. And uh, that was pretty fun. It came out pretty brutal. Yeah. And uh, we'll have a couple other covers coming out soon. Yeah, we're always doing something that's just kind of these times here. It's hard to tell what'll be happening this whole band ended up kind of more fun and better than we both expected yeah when it was really literally at the very beginning just kind of a time filler yeah and then it was like oh wait these are pretty sweet and then we took it a little bit more seriously like we didn't plan on doing records or anything we we're just like oh we'll probably just dub some tapes on our own just to sell for a couple bucks at shows and then it was like oh this is all right well that's what you want that's the that's the heart of it right there. Yeah. And that was that was the whole point, man. Like just something that's just fun, zero stress. Play whatever you want and remember that no one cares. Exactly. And that's not a bad thing. That's actually no, that's a it's good positive. Thing. I see yeah, I see the who cares tagline as being very positive. Yeah. Yeah. Like just no, I agree. Do it because you love it and it makes you happy and hey, if other people like it and they're along for the ride, even better. But if not, them. if not, them. Frig them. but who gives a frig? <laughs> Thank you for taking some time to uh, talk to me tonight. Yeah, thanks so much for having us, man. Yeah, awesome. thanks. All you lovelies out there, this is Old Matty Record. You can listen to Frig Dancer on the Peg and Place podcast.